Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, actual trades, giant, tremendous, incredible, earth-shattering trade, and Russ is still a Laker. There I was, minding my own business, talking about Anthony Davis in a spaces with Aaron and about 35-ish, 40 minutes in. You guys can hear the actual moment on the uh, on the podcast that I posted yesterday. Uh, about 35, 40 minutes in, you hear me go, oh, crap. <laughs> and the reason for that, oh, crap, was Adrian Wojnarowski uh, reporting that Donovan Mitchell was not going to the New York Knicks. Instead, he was going to the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, and thus basically breaking my brain. I had no idea how to react. You can you can hear me. I, I'm, I'm generally fairly good on my feet. I've been doing this for a while, and I've done a lot of live stuff, so I can generally react to stuff pretty well, but I was frazzled. <laughs> I, was, I did not know how to react to any of that in 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 large part because I had thought that with Mitchell going to the Knicks and as I was told if Mitchell went to the Knicks it would mean that Russ would go to Utah and now that uh, Mitchell did not go to the Knicks now that kind of calls into question whether Russ would be going to Utah and definitely calls into question the return if Russ goes to Utah it's just a lot so I'm going to talk my way through that but the only thing that matters in terms of actual NBA news here is Donovan Mitchell and the way that impacts uh, not just the Lakers on the court, but obviously in their attempts to finish off this offseason. I do feel like I should clarity given the tone of last night's lowdown. So just for for so that we're all on the same page here, I had been told that, uh, you know, basically yesterday afternoon, I had been told that, hey, it looks like a rust trade is coming in the next 24 to 48 hours or so by a source that I, I, I consider, uh, you know, pretty, I, I, I trust this source is basically what I'm saying here. Um, I worked to confirm it and I wasn't, I wasn't able to confirm it to the extent that I would like to. I'm not really, a, I'm not a reporter um, and I wouldn't have reported it even if I confirmed that it was happening. That is not my business. I... Just putting out the the eyeballs emoji that I threw out there, uh, that made me nervous. I don't I don't want anything to do with reporting, especially something of that magnitude. But still, I had essentially what I had been told uh, is that the Lakers part of this was essentially done. That they uh, knew that they were going to be sending out Russell Westbrook and one pick for uh, Bojan Bogdanovic, Evan Fournier. And Cam Reddish, uh, and then obviously whatever else, what other, what whatever other machinations were going to fall into place had to do with Utah and New York's negotiations. Um, I, I there were some, I guess, periphery talks that were going on still between the Lakers and Utah, uh, but for the sake of what I was willing to say, that I felt pretty confident in knowing. Uh, that's that was the extent of my knowledge there. Again, I didn't report it though because I didn't have it confirmed in any way, and I wouldn't have reported it otherwise. Now, I was analyzing the situation as if that was what we were go- the information that we were going to wake up to, uh, and 
you know, that's my bad for doing that on on here. Um, if I led you guys astray, then then that is completely my fault, and I I apologize for that. But uh, that was a situation that that I thought I knew it to be, and it turns out that I didn't know shit. <laughs> Now, as it turns out, the Knicks were essentially acting, as, as it's been reported now, they were acting with Utah as if they were the only team that Utah was negotiating with and was willing to go as far as uh, they were going with. And Utah turned around and found a trade partner who was more willing to go uh, to the extent that the Cavaliers went to. They offered up a third unprotected pick. Um, as well as those two pick swaps and a combination of players that the Knicks were not putting on the table. And lo and behold, now Donovan Mitchell is a Cleveland Cavalier. So where does that leave the Lakers? Honestly, I think this is kind of a win for the Lakers. I was not thrilled with that return for Russell Westbrook. I was not thrilled that the Lakers weren't giving themselves very much uh, extra financial flexibility. I do not think that Evan Fournier is is somebody that lifts the floor nor the ceiling for the Lakers. Bojan Bogdanovic would have been helpful, and it wouldn't surprise me if the Lakers continue to pursue him. But in terms of like players that I, I I would have essentially much rather given up the two picks for the Indiana package, even if it requires taking back Daniel Tice's uh, contract, and I'll explain that here in a second. But I, I sometimes. The world turns in a way and has stuff fall in your lap that you did not intend. And if the Lakers were, you know, about to make this trade, I, I, I do think that Mitchell going to Cleveland and essentially scuttling the Lakers sending Russ to Utah for that return, even if they were only giving up the one pick, I, I do think that winds up being a net positive for the Lakers. Now, it depends on how they use those picks here. What's going to be interesting is to see whether the market reestablishes itself now that, you know, Gobert isn't the only uh, data by which these first rounders are being analyzed. Uh, Donovan Mitchell went for less than Gobert. And now does that mean the Lakers go to Indiana and say, hold on, Mitchell just was, you know, the Knicks weren't willing to give up two first rounders or were, were going only so far as two first rounders for Donovan Mitchell uh, if we're giving up two unprotected first rounders here for a lesser player in Miles Turner, and you know, granted, Buddy Heald, though his contract makes him kind of a negative asset, then then that doesn't make much sense. So it's going to be interesting to see how these negotiations take shape now that the market has been kind of reset. To this point. This is the most, or I guess the least confident I have been that Russell Westbrook is going to get traded. I, I, from what I can tell, it still seems like things are shifting in that direction, but the Lakers are running really low on options here. At one point, they had the Kyrie Irving option and the Utah Jazz option and the Indiana Pacers option. Now Kyrie is off of the table. Now their options are, or their, their potential trade with Utah gets a little bit more complicated and and now Indiana knows that with fewer options they kind of sort of still have the leverage on the Lakers um, that is completely based off of their desperation to move Russ which I don't think has necessarily changed but still like if, if you were to ask me 
earlier in the offseason, I would have t- I would have said 95% chance that Russell Westbrook gets traded. As as recently as yesterday, I said about 85% chance I think Russell Westbrook gets traded. Now, I would probably lower that down to like 75%, maybe 70% chance that Russ gets traded. I still think it's more likely than not, but again, because the Lakers are so op, uh, their, their options are so limited and because they are still so dogmatic in their approach to not being willing to give up those two first round picks, you know, if, if you were hoping not to watch Russell Westbrook next year on the Lakers, uh, today was, I think not the greatest day for you. Now, in terms of on the court, how this impacts the Lakers, look, Utah is completely tanking. Uh, they are not going to be a good team this year. They are going to be a bottom three or four, two or three team uh, in the NBA next year. And at some point, they're going to continue and finish out this fire sale, right? They have a bunch of veterans on their team, Jordan Clarkson, Bogdanovich, Conley, um, so on and so forth, that do not fit their current timeline. Even somebody like Malik Beasley is, is you know, he's 25. So he's right on the on the border, I would say, of of fitting that timeline. Um, uh, Vanderbilt over there also is, is, is somebody who, who is interesting to me. So they do have some pieces that might make some sense here, um, either for the Lakers to trade for, or, you know, keep an eye on their, on the buyout market over the course of the year, or if they decide to hold on to Russ at the beginning of the year, and then try to see what the market looks like as they approach the deadline or as the season kind of gets underway. Um, I, I don't I don't imagine that their conversations with Utah are going to be over at this point. But uh, in terms of on the basketball court, this is, you know, Utah now becomes a team that the Lakers could probably chalk down for a few wins to get from over the course of the season. And given how tough the Western Conference is, that is certainly a, a, a welcome concept. All right, that's going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown podcast. Uh, a little bit later today, I'm going to be continuing my conversation with Aaron Larsoul that we had going from yesterday. We're going to talk about uh, more about the impact on the entirety of the league and obviously the Lakers that this Donovan Mitchell trade is going to have. Um, we are going to talk about the Lakers' path forward here. Um, and look, like I just said, this is the least confident I've been that Russell Westbrook is going to get moved. So I'm going to talk to Aaron about what that would look like, how everybody would kind of move forward here, given that to this point, the 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 kind of giant pink elephant in the room is that Russ is the least interested in going back of of anybody of the uh, of all of the involved parties here so uh, plenty of stuff for aaron and i to talk about it's going to be a fun friday afternoon so make sure you guys tune in for that until i talk to you guys then i'm anthony irwin saying have a good one